You gave us more names. We'll be talking about them. The Rule 5 lists have to be put together in nine days. We're going to talk about what players to know for that. And we're going to give our thoughts on the World Series all on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. For those who don't know me, I'm Jeff Ellis. I did literally nothing before this podcast. I kid. I was a lead draft and prospect analyst. It's gotten 24-7 and was on many a Cleveland sports blog. Justin, where have they seen your work before? Oh, I'm sure they haven't read me anywhere either. I haven't really done a whole lot of work. Uh, I'm at the Guardians Baseball Insider and the Managing Editor. And I've been at the Willoughby News Herald and the Lorraine Morning Journal as a full-time writer and a freelancer now. And also been on every Cleveland baseball blog that you've probably read minus like, I don't know, probably like one or two I didn't actually end up writing at that are good blogs. I just never ended up there, shockingly. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there's so many good ones. I think that's what it comes down to, that sometimes you know, you don't make the full rounds. But uh, I think my upside was I was a draft writer, so I could pop in as like a very special episode type of article. Yeah. Um, let's get started. So I'm going to go hot take city right from the start here. I'm going to burn this whole thing down. Uh, when it comes to the World Series, I hated it. I hated every moment of it. I think the Astros really paid nothing at all for cheating, for blatantly cheating, for breakingly, blatantly breaking rules. Uh, there was almost no penalty and they win another world series and Hey, it's with a lot of cheaters still there. So I have a hard time accepting anything. Any dynasty talk to me is, is BS. And that's my flaming hot take that the Astros are cheaters and it's still a team made up of cheaters. And, uh, I always want them to lose to everyone. And I feel bad for Astros fans before they get mad at me because it's got to stink to root for a team that, you know, is made up of people who cheated uh it, it puts you in a hard situation but it's still a team that is you know top to bottom made up of people who showed low moral fiber and uh cheated to win one world series and who knows what they figured out since then so that is my hot take the astros won i still dislike that organization and i feel bad for their fans i, I definitely would not have any talk of a dynasty because 2017 no matter what you do is tainted sorry you can't you can't sit there and claim 2017 anything right now. It really should be an asterisk over that of some yeah. sort. They just don't want it to do that. And I get why they don't want to do that. Cause it's going to give a black mark on the sport. I don't have a problem with them winning this year. Like a, a sport that's, that's had so many cheating scandals, right. racism, uh, hiding, you know, abusers of women in the last decade, all of these things. I'm not even talking about going back to like Ty Cobb. I mean, just in the last, last five decade. years. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where they want to draw the line is not, you know, call out their cheaters. And and the Astros had some domestic abuse issues too. Remember in their yeah. own front Roberto office. So. And yeah. then there well, was even GM, GM yeah. who might've been become the GM if he hadn't sat there and made all those statements. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think that they did not pay enough of a penalty for it. It just, I mean, uh, let's be honest. Uh, other teams were cheating too. The Astros weren't the only ones. We're not going to sit here and say the Astros are cheating. Everybody else is clean. Like, there's no. a lot. The Yankees, the Red Sox that were, you know, got caught. 
I don't know who else. I don't think there's anybody else on the but I'm sure. Sure I heard some juicy reports of Cleveland in the '90s. If I want to be perfectly fair about it, but um, things that I've Blue Jays. To share remember the well. remember the Blue Jays that had the white T-shirt guy in the stands that would yeah. like they claim was selling them the pitch too. Like I'm sorry, every team probably has like something or did have something, mm-hmm. but yeah, the Astros definitely didn't pay enough. Uh, they didn't get a. Uh, they took it to the extreme. You know, it's like we we know mm-hmm. cheating occurs. We know that it's part of the game, but like. When you go to the extreme, they took it to. When you go to that level, it just—it's a taint. And, and with all those pieces still there who are tainted pieces, it stays tainted to me. And their old manager's back managing. I think Jeffrey Luno is probably not going to get another job as a GM. But AJ Hinch is managing again. Alex Cintron yeah. is still in the organization as a coach. Like, sorry, then, there, there's just too much that that they didn't. They they should have been given a penalty where it was an example of don't do this, but they don't care, so it's no. fine. And it's like even like. You know, there were reports of Kevin Goldstein coming up with it, who went to Fangraphs for a year and now works for another organization. Like, I remember when, because he had to, he had to, you know, I was a huge fan of his at Prospectus, I think, back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, like, he did a whole piece addressing it. And the only reason I know that someone specifically called him out by name was because he wrote about it. Like, he wrote about the fact that he was called out by name. So, this isn't me, like, saying anything other than that, but he wrote about that. But it is weird that, like, he could be someone who got called out by name and was let go as part of, what happened there. And then within a year is, I don't back. think that's why he got let go, but I mean, I think they were also just cleaning house. Yeah, of they were cleaning house of everyone in fairness. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. like, make it, but it is interesting that like, I mean, nobody, I mean, even the guys who are the ones that traditionally you can sweep under the carpet and never see from again, there, there was no, nothing stuck. They didn't even lose their international money. So like some of their top prospects yeah. came, they still went out and spent like heavy that way. They lost high picks high picks that were the end of the first and second round. They didn't lose anything. There was no penalty to that team. And I don't know. I, I can't get past it. And again, it's, I feel bad for those fans because in the back of their mind, I'm sure they're like, well, now this one's clean, but is it, is it going to be ever clean when it's the same tainted group? I don't know. I mean, what Bregman, Altuve, McCullers, I think Verlander was there at that point. Like that's about it. I don't know. It's not that that part's not the biggest deal to me. It's just that, like you said, they didn't have enough punishment. And I, I truly don't know. To be fair, I don't really know. Like what if someone will say, what else would you do to them? I don't know. I, I really don't know to to tell you the truth on that. Like you said, international yeah. money is one thing, but um, it still still was not recognized enough as such a black mark on the sport because they just don't care. They don't want to, and they ignored it with the Red Sox as well. So it was like, I mean, and the Yankees, they ignored the Yankees yeah. too. No, it was like they just yeah, wanted just, this to go away, and yeah, like uh, steroids. Yes, and, and but we could we could stand on a soapbox for steroids. That's why, like, some of the greatest players I've seen in my lifetime are still not in the Hall of Fame. But right. at the same time, this is. It but that has nothing to do with Major League Baseball. That's that's yes. all. That's a different entity. Why yes, not in the Hall of is. Fame? So don't don't say baseball is the reason they're out. It's not. No, they don't care. They don't care. It, yeah, it's writers standing on soapboxes, uh, screaming at the sky. But yeah, no, I don't know. I, I still, am I alone? Am I just being a crotchety old man here? Or is everyone else still kind of like, yeah, I mean, Cleveland probably was cheating to some degree. They all were. But when Cleveland was at their best, they ran into, you know, New York and Houston that we know were doing things. And I, as a fan, I just, I can't let it go. Uh, am I wrong in that? Or is it okay to stay mad? I don't know. How much do you throw in the whole spider tag thing too, even, right? Like that's the whole that's a whole different issue. Yeah, it's 
<laughs> everyone, everyone's doing that too. And then now, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't let it go. I still dislike the Astros, and I can't. I think I can say they're a good team with good players, and I can still sit here and say they, they're still something. Just if you're a Houston fan, you're okay with it. That's fine. You know, if it, if you're fine with it, whatever. But. I think there's a lot of people who look at it still pretty leery. I think you could still say both things are true, that the Astros are a very talented team. They have some very good players. Um, players I enjoy watching. Like, I, I enjoy watching Kyle Tucker. I enjoy watching Framber Valdez. I like his story. I enjoy watching Christian Javier. He's fun. Um, Michael Brantley is there. I know he didn't play in the World Series, and some people have issues with that. But um, you know, I enjoy. I like. I like. Jordan Alvarez is a lot of fun. Like I can sit there and say there's still some fun players. They're still a good team, but there's still something that hangs over that. And I, I don't know how they get rid of that. I think everyone says, "Oh, this is the one that's going to uh, erase everyone's memory of 2017." You know, it's not. It's probably not going to go away for a while. It's probably not going to be until um, everybody from that era is out of baseball. Truthfully, I think it's like you know, as long as Altuve is there, because he was right. kind of a flashpoint with it as well. It's like, it's, it's not going to go the buzzer. Away. Yeah. The buzzer. <laughs> the, buzzer. It's like the the whole talk about that. It's like whether or not, and I'm not, you know, it, it that it, I, I have no idea on that, but you know, he's yeah. just going to be kind of a poster child. Uh, speaking of poster children, we should take a break right here. Come back. We're going to get into some players that we've been asked about. We have a few trades, some free agents, players that we are going to discuss could be potential targets for the Cleveland guardians as well as getting into our top five players. If we could protect five players for the rule five, we can't and the guardians won't, but who would be our five players to watch? Make sure you tune into segment three for that on today's locked on guardians. And our first sponsor are our fantastic friends. One of the Mount Rushmore's of sponsors, the good people over at bet online and listen, Bet Online has you covered. Do you want to know what the Bet Online line for next season is? I already know what they have. Oh, uh, yeah. Here, here. They're 2023 World Series odds. The favorites Dodgers, Astros, Braves, Yankees, Blue Jays. So if we come down to six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th, Cleveland is tied with Baltimore, Miami, Minnesota, and Texas. Wow. So if you like those odds, um, yeah, put some money down. Yeah, put some some money down on that one. Cleveland was forty to one odds at one point. I don't know what, what point these odds were for twenty twenty one, but uh, or twenty twenty two, I should say. But yeah, they were they're fifty to one odds. So if you think Cleveland's going to get better, if you think they might actually do something in free agency, which we'll talk about here in segment three, uh, you want to head over to Bet Online today and make yourself some money because that's that's some great chances you can put some low money on and make some good money back uh if you think they're ready to take a step forward if those young players are going to step forward we've talked about and they continue to make positive momentum could they surprise again check out bet online for yourself head to bet online where the game starts so let's get into some of these names should we start who do you want well before we get into that we i mentioned via Twitter, I kind of want to just take quickly Edwin Diaz versus Emmanuel Classe. Uh, I think they were arguably the top two relievers in baseball last year. And I think it is, again, very different situations. Right? Emmanuel Classe was 
was he in his second season last year, right? Because he lost the year with steroids. So it was only, I believe, he still would have had four years of team control. So they got one assured year by going five years on him. But his contract last year was five years, 20 million guaranteed. And then the two contract option years were 10 million each. So low end, five years, 20 million, high end, seven years, 40 million. If you missed it, Diaz got 100 million today, 102 million on a five year deal. So Cleveland got five years at 20. Again, very different situation. One heading to free agency, the other nowhere near free agency. But uh, there's also a six-year option, which is probably why it's probably like five years, $100 million with a $2 million buyout in that sixth year or something like that. But, you know, I, I just wanted to quickly point it out. You know, Class A had maybe the best season we've seen um, with the Guardians and just take a moment and appreciate that they got that done last offseason. Do you want to put anything on top of that thought just that good relief help is costly so be glad that cleveland locked up class a I, and i'm not saying this is good because you know class a probably is worth more money than he signed for let's be honest that i'm not yeah. gonna sit here and, and I'm, I'm never gonna say i'd be a hypocrite to say i'm i'm very pro labor when it comes to any, anything truthfully to be honest with you um but class a deserves a lot more and and this is a case of diaz being paid like one of the better relievers in baseball over the last five years. This, this is a messed up part of of the of baseball's free agency is that Diaz is being paid for the last five years performance and class A is being paid for um, being young, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll yeah, never, yeah. Begr- never yeah, begrudge and- a player for taking the money and the security because relievers can flame out so fast. So, yeah. Um, and like he had had one year as a closer and in between that, you know, he had been suspended for steroid use. And, um, you know, and the one thing I will always go to is comfort. Like, I don't know how, how much comfort he had here, but if that's a part of it, if that's why he wanted to stay after one year, if he felt good, but yeah, I mean, he, what last year was his first year as, or two years ago, his first year in Cleveland was his first time as a closer. And back to, and especially if you're going to be in Cleveland, because 69.2 innings and 72.2 innings, by the time he gets to year five, it's going to be like Cody Allen all over again. And by age 29, he's going to have to retire from baseball at the way he's being used, anyways. So, yeah. The postseason tells you how important yeah. relief pitching is. And it all starts with that guy at the back <laughs> end of the bullpen. So, when you have a guy like Class A locked up, it just makes things um, that much better. Yeah, we'll see what they do with the rest of it. It is, uh, it feels like the best bullpen I've seen as my time as a Cleveland Guardians fan. Right that they have. We're going to get into relievers, I'm sure, when yes. we get to our last segment. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's let's first start off. Now that we've discussed that, we had a few names that have come up. Should we start with Jose Abreu? Do we want to go there? I think we only got one offer. I think you know we can also talk about the fact that. Jose Abreu is fascinating because he might be moving towards a DH role. His power kind of went away last year, but he stayed extremely productive. He has been one of the most consistently productive hitters in baseball since he came over from Cuba. Uh, You know, he was a great signing by the White Sox. He has stayed a great player. Keith Law thought that he might get 20 million in, in free agency for, for one year. I'm not saying a multi-year. I've, I've always thought it's going to be two years with an option year. So, um, yeah, what was our – do you have pulled up the, the one contract offer there? Yeah, from uh, listener Ethan, he had a two-year deal for $36 million with a third-year team option at 18. And I think that that's possible for sure. I think yeah. 
<clears throat> there might be a team out there that's interested in paying him that much. Look, uh, if you look under the hood, I know everyone's going to say, oh, man, he only had 15 home runs last year. Um, looking at Savant, ex max exit velocity still way up. Average exit velocity still 93rd percentile. Hard hit rate, all that, all that's good. The chase rate is no worse than it's ever been. It's it's middle of the pack. Um, expected batting average. Strikeout rate is super low. Strikeout rate went down last year for him, yeah. which, dude, he's... His on base went up, right? Yeah, he's 35. Yeah, he went from a, a 351 to a 378. He hit 300 for the first, uh, over 300 again. Um, 824 OPS. So his OPS has dropped in two straight years now, which, you know, that's definitely concerning, but... Um, I think a lot of what happened here is if you look at his launch angle, he went from an average of 10.4 and roughly around 10 to 12, most of his career down to an eight. So he's hitting the ball a lot on a lot lower uh, plane. And I don't know if that was selling out for more average and less power, but I don't know. I'm sure someone can convince him to hit the ball in the air a little bit more and get back to hitting 25 homers. I think there's, I think, I think every, all the metrics say there's a lot left in the tank for him offensively even if he continues this like a 304 478 446 slash line is still good especially coming from a 35 year old i think too many fans uh whenever they brought him up to me were just thinking oh he's 35 and the power went down so he'll be cheaper he's not going to be cheaper it's going to be about i think my initial thought was something like three years uh or two years 50 million but it's essentially a three-year contract that uh, the buyout. It's like, you know, the, the buyout mentioned, I feel like it, it's the Edwin like a, deal. Yeah. You know, it's like a $4 million buyout. So then it's essentially a $40 million contract. Uh, I, you know, I think he's going to cost more than people expect. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that need kind of a, a slugger. Uh, should we talk? Okay. So Trey Mancini, speaking of first base sluggers is one of the best stories in baseball. He was an eighth round pick from Notre Dame. Whenever I talk about like Notre Dame's complete inability to develop players, here's one of them. Here's a guy who, uh, and again, that was the old coaching staff, not to denigrate who's there now, but like it was uh, Kevin Biggio, uh, Trey Mancini. There's a lot of Brian Balak, who's with, I still think with Houston, they just had this developmental pipeline issue, but uh, he was a great story. I saw him when he was in double a, he worked his tail off. And it was, you know, a slightly above average bat outside of one year. And his metrics were always a little bit lower because the defensive grades were bad. So you're entering a situation with Trey Mancini where his last two years he's been average and he can't defend. So as much as people like Trey Mancini, and again, and I know, yes, I didn't talk about him beating cancer because I assume everyone knows that about Trey Mancini. He beat cancer. It's, it's a fantastic uh, story. You know, him and Connor Joe are the two players I know in Major League Baseball who beat cancer. Uh, there could be others, but those are the ones that stand out for me. But I think Trey Mancini is not moving the needle. Yeah. For got, by Trey. the way, you should probably throw in Carlos Carrasco there. Carlos Carrasco, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah, he probably should not leave out the one Clevelander. Uh, the, the one Cleveland one. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. yeah the, the, he, he, I, for some reason, I always think about the heart issue with him I, because that was first. So I, mm -hmm. I you know, I go to like, we talk about a guy who's overcome Carlos Carrasco. A lot, but yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 like you said, Mancini is a great story. Uh, has been a solid player. I mean, the, the, offensively, he's been a very nice player as a free agent. He's not somebody I, I would be interested in if I'm Cleveland. Uh, nothing really supports that he. He had a pretty bad year this year. He had a. I mean, he was above average 
offensively, very barely, 4% above league average offensively. But at 239, 319, 391 slash line, just not doesn't do it for me. Um, I guess you can also say the same for what we said about Abreu. Like, metrically, things look fine, I guess. Like, he hasn't really lost anything when it comes to um, average exit velocity and, and hitting the ball and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know. The approach just has never been – I've never really been a big fan of his approach at the plate. Um Chases a lot. Not a great, uh, obviously, don't worry about running, but I don't know. I just I think that, uh, yeah, he all the expected at the deadline for, great. you know, a reason. It's it's a limited profile. He'll find a job somewhere, uh, maybe even back in Baltimore, but he's he's yeah. an average, he's an average bat who plays DH. And again, that's not the, you know, that's a valuable role. There's a long time where Cleveland I would have killed for an average bat who could play right. uh, DH this year. But that's what he is. So let's talk Danny Jansen. So the reason Danny Jansen Jansen is a name that comes up is, A, we know about Cleveland's catching issues. Two, he's been around for a bit. He's mostly been a backup. And three, Toronto has a good catcher. And then they have, you know, some phenomenal young catchers in the minors. So they have the ability to move him. Now, I also want to point out his framing data, according to Baseball Savant, not good. We know that Cleveland places a high value on framing data. So that could be an issue. He's also, what, you're getting him for 23 and 24. He's only a two-year guy because he's already been, he's 27 years of age. He debuted back in 2018. He has been in the majors quite a bit. Uh, his one chance to start went really poorly. And the last two years, though, 105 runs credit plus and a 140 um, worth 2.6 war this past year. Uh, so he's an interesting player with some upside, and it makes sense for him to potentially be on the move. Do you want to go with the offer I got or the offer you got? Um, I got two here. I'll just give okay. you the first two that I, I've got. Um, <laughs> the first one was – actually, okay, I guess I just got one. Never mind. You got one. Uh, this is from uh, Anthony Prusinski. He wanted to go with Brian Lavastida and Andrew Misiasek and – I think we can quickly say that that trade is a giant no for the Blue Jays. There is they're, zero they're not chance. Gaining anything. They don't need Lavastida. Yeah, they're trading from um, from depth. Missy Asik is is it statistically really interesting, but uh, yeah, not to know. Uh, and then our old buddy Hiram, uh, he wanted. I was just kind of reading it. Uh, He's willing to trade Plesak, Morgan, and Messiasic. He thinks both teams would go for that. What is your thought? Do you think both teams would go for that? I do not think. I'm sure Cleveland would be like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. But yeah, Toronto is definitely not going to be interested in such a deal. No, they, you know, they, they're, they're, they don't need starters. They need relievers. And Morgan isn't. Listen, Morgan's the sixth man in this pen for a reason. You're going to have to step up with a better reliever. Plesak doesn't move it. And then, again, I get Missy Ozick is a lefty, and he put up great numbers. Uh, he might be Rule 5 eligible. Why would you trade for him? You can yeah, just give him the Rule like, 5 need for free. It's, yeah. you know, they're not going to protect him. Do you want to hear what I would do? Do you want to hear what I would do for Jansen? This is what I would pitch. I, and I wrote this earlier today or last night. Um I would, I don't know, you'd have to probably add a little bit more in here, but I would start the package with Nolan Jones 
for Jansen, and I would also maybe ask for Lourdes Gurriel. You'd probably have to throw. You'd probably have to sweeten the deal a little bit. But I would start with Jansen and Gurriel for Nolan Jones. They, the, the Blue Jays have been dying for a left-handed hitter with some power, and they have an opening in the outfield if they move Gurriel, and if they move Jansen, they can either start Kirk or they can start Moreno at catcher. Kirk Kirk should probably really be a DH anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, Moreno's the better catcher of the two as far as defense is concerned. So you move Kirk to DH, you catch Moreno, and then in, in left field or right field, you have Nolan Jones instead of Lourdes Gurriel. Gurriel would be a great fit for Cleveland, so that's that's kind of what I would probably start with there. I'm not sure what else it would take. I haven't given it a lot of thought, but I think that would be a start. No, I, get, I feel like you're probably trading one of your, you know, Stefan or uh 99 or Henches, one of kind of that elite three is what they're going to be asking for because their bullpen was, you know, something that held them back. It was an issue. I mean, Adam Zimber was one of their best relievers this past year. Julian Merriweather, who, I mean, I was calling for him to be a reliever when, uh, when he was with Cleveland for a long time before he became a starter. Uh, you got to love when they got a reliever in their pen when it's how acquired on roster resource purchased Indy from Indy. For those who don't know, that means they bought him from Indy ball. <laughs> last year like you know it's not even someone a developmental story they need multiple relievers and then they also just have their own infield issues it's like can they re-sign chapman what else is going on um with them as a team it's going to be interesting to see how they respond uh i i don't know what deal it is but it's going to cost you something catchers are expensive mm-hmm. but i i think you're probably looking at like one they're going to ask for one of the elite relievers because that's that's a need and it's not an easy to acquire need so then it's like what is the secondary piece is it is it nolan jones does he fit their profile i could also i mean i could see them go asking for someone like rocchio i could see them asking for one of those infielders that might have been a young kid who signed when i mean do we have how long ago is this front office been there i'm trying to remember if if uh they would have been in place when they signed like the rocchios of the world that was 2017, so they were pretty much gone. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. No, I think it's more expensive than people anticipate. Yeah, I It agree. is two years, but I think I think a reliever and a prospect is going to be the cost. Um, I will say most of the trade offers I'm getting right now are Cardinals fans for Shane Bieber. This has become the newest thing. Um, I don't see Cleveland trading Shane Bieber, but I've gotten like four of those. I'm getting more Shane Bieber trade offers than anything else. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Why don't, <clears throat> that was disgusting. Uh, why don't we take another commercial break? Let me get my voice kind of back. And then we're going to come back and talk rule five. Cause again, nine days uh, to get that thing set. So give us a second and we'll be back on today's locked on guardians. Listen, I always have Rule 5 fever. It's it's not just something that comes and goes. I feel like I've been talking about it ad nauseum. The interesting thing is so many of the Rule 5 eligible players had bad years, so it's actually not as big of a list to discuss, or they already added the ones. Yeah. The ones who broke out were kind of already added. Let's go through. Uh, let's, let's just do this in order. Who is the, I think we both agree, on probably the top two players you have to add. Uh, but who is your number one? Uh, it's Angel Martinez. That's that, and that's truly their only slam dunk. The second guy, I know we agree on, but I, I, 
I have not committed myself to saying it's 100% right now. The only guy I can say with 100% certainty is going to be roster is Angel Martinez. Agreed. So, and we've talked about him in depth, so I don't think there's any reason to really spend too much time there. Number two, uh, Joey Cantillo, right? We both agree the upside, the ceiling. Yes, uh, no know, doubt there. He was so good that, and this team has always needed left-handed pitching. So I think you have to consider adding him. Who's number three for you? It's going to be, I, honestly, I don't know if I have a clear-cut number three. I think my number three right now is probably Tim Heron. I think the fact that, to me, he feels a lot like a left-handed Trevor Steffen. That's what's kind of where I'm at. I know you could probably, they're probably interchangeable. You have, well, we can get to him other, but I'll, I'll say it's it's close on all these relievers that are on the list, and I think Heron, for me, is is my preferred choice in the, at the number three spot. Yeah, he's he's going to come up for me, but I have uh, Mick Lojack right now whose name i probably butchered just because i mean he seemed like i expected him in cleveland this year he had a hiccup. you know he had a hiccup and we've i think we've all seen those can occur and columbus is not exactly pitcher friendly and it, to me the concern is the drop in strikeout rate um velocity. But, and velocity and he was a different guy was there injury what is it i i don't know but i thought he if everything is clicking right i heron is is an unbelievable prospect um, but Miklo Jack, I think, has a higher ceiling. So for me, I'm like, okay, and he's been the more, until this year, the more consistent reported player. So uh, I, I have him third. I have to go back and look at, at Roll 5 history, but how many left-handed relievers that throw 97 get taken in the Roll 5 draft? Because I'd imagine a lot of teams don't let those kind of pitchers make it yeah. there. But uh, I'm just, that, that's my only thing is he's left-handed. Cleveland could use a second lefty. It's hard to find lefties to throw that hard. And he's my um, four. So it's not like he's yeah. down my list. He's just the three, four. Those are like the, the separator arms for me. I would probably say we're interchangeable there. I would go Mikulajek four. And the only thing I'm worried about with him is that um, the talent's clearly there. We both thought he'd make his debut in 2022 and he did not pitch well. Um, I think the concern is that many teams out there will see what he did in 2021 and they'll take him in rule five. Yeah. Like, okay, we, we can get him back to the stuff. We'll no problem. Him. And that's yeah. why I have him a little bit higher is like, I just think the track record was so good that exactly what you basically, I don't need to state what you just stated, but that's, that's my concern. That's why I have him a little bit higher just because so he's four. Yeah. Cause he's not as, you know, listen, he's a fantastic developmental story, a starter at Indiana, Indiana, go ahead. Name the baseball players from Indiana university. I should know one, but I don't. Isn't that where Kyle, did Schwarber go there? I was going to say Kyle Schwarber, but that, I could be wrong. I want to say he was the one, uh, but <laughs> it should be easy. Yeah, he, he was. He's the one because um, he was from like the Dayton area. Uh, let's see. If we want to talk about games played out of Indiana University, uh, Ted Kluzwiski in the 40s, uh, Mickey Morandini. Meryl May, Sammy Espinito, uh, Josh Flaggy recently, Alex Dickerson. I always liked Alex Dickerson. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. But it's not been exactly <laughs> – it's not been a producer of talent. Um, and I don't say that to, like, dig on them. Hey, Scott Efrost, a recent player. Oh. Uh, but it's just – it's not a huge program. You know he's not getting the highest level of coaching. Again, not to dig on that program, but we know that the Big Ten – 
listen, when it comes to baseball, it's a power two conference. It, it's not a power five conference like like other sports. It's essentially power two and maybe two and a half with the Pac-12. The Big Ten is not a power conference in baseball. It's just not. It doesn't mm-hmm. compare. It doesn't come close in terms of depth. So who's your five? Who's your five? David Fry. Just positional flexibility, the ability to play catcher. Uh, one of two, I believe, all stars in the AFL for Cleveland. Him and Mason. No, three. Hunter Stanley was uh, Staley. Stanley. Yeah, he didn't pitch, but he made, he made the team. Which is for Hunter Stanley, good for him because. Yeah. Um, if I, for people who probably haven't read, I have I had a lot of stuff on Guardians Baseball Insider about him, but. Um, Hunter Stanley was only added just because he needed innings and didn't yeah. pitch most this year. And he made the all-star team as a guy who was like a last minute. Okay. He yeah. needs innings. And also he got, I, I'm sorry. It was Kate Smith. I was going to say him. Kate Smith was getting married during the middle of the Arizona fall league season and he still pitched. So good for Kate Smith. And, and it was not Hunter Kate Stanley. Smith is, you know, was an undrafted free agent. So he's just a fun guy to yeah. root for Hunter Stanley. Like I said, he's, he was hurt. Uh, University of Southern Miss. They do like that program. 11th rounder in 2021. And uh, he pitched really well. So, you know, it's a lot of good guys. But for me, it's Fry could be what they need. And he he killed left-handed pitching, the positional flexibility. They were concerned enough that he would get taken in last year's Rule 5, that he was a player to be named later instead of being the immediate guy they got in that oh. deal. If they thought he was going to pass through a year, if they were worried about him passing through a year ago, he had a great season this year. It seems like he'd be even more likely to be selected this year. And obviously there was no draft last year, but I, I think – you know, teams when they he makes so much sense as a backup. Yeah, I, I would love to see them utilize his versatility on the roster because that's that's the one thing I I think a lot of people have complaints about over the last several years is that Cleveland's had like a I don't, don't want to say stars and scrubs approach. I think that's the wrong term, but it, it, you know they don't utilize their bench very well, right? Because how many times did we see, no. um, you know, Michael Martin, Will Benson at all? Well, we didn't, yeah, Michael didn't Alex see him. call it but all. I, but I mean, yeah. just like, you know, the Michael Martinez, the Mike Avillas, yeah. the Mike Freemans, uh, not not today, they're going to make them that. Like, they just don't use their bench to their advantage. The bench is just there for back, strictly backups instead of guys yeah. you can rotate in that give you value uh, off the bench. And Fry could be that. I, I think there are serious concerns about the defense. Yeah. And no, 100%. Especially but with I, the new rules next year, I'm, I'm super concerned. But if he's your emergency catcher, Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you a, a pinch hit off the bench, can maybe play first or third in a pinch. Uh, that works for me. I, like I would a, definitely add him. Against I, lefties or a platoon partner for Naylor. Like, I think if you can't find something on the open market, I, I, I think he can perform as a platoon partner for someone. Just to give somebody a day off, even. Yeah. And not, especially against left handed pitching. Like, yeah. like you said, if they have, if they go out and they make a move for like some kind of right handed hitter who can play for a space with Naylor. You know, you can still use that guy, and you could still use uh, Fry at first or DH or something. I, I bet they probably won't because they want him to be the safety blanket. But I don't know; it's one of those things. But I will say, you know, we I, we, we agree on the five players. We just disagreed on the order of Heron and Mikolajek. Um I would still have because we know relievers are the most likely targets in Rule mm-hmm. Fives, and I, I don't know everyone's forty-man situation, so. Um, I can't say for sure, like everyone's going to be interested, but Andrew Misiazic, uh, Nick Enright, I think deserve mention. And I also probably wouldn't forget about um, Kevin Kelly and Kyle Marmon either. Yeah. Kevin Kelly might be the most underrated guy because we don't tend to bring him up as much, but he's had some really yeah. good statistical numbers. Um, you know, Marmon is gonna productive, ask. but yeah. People are going to ask Jeff, so how we should say something. 
Um, people Ethan are going to ask. Lenny Torres. Yeah. They're not. It's a no. Uh, it's a no. It's a no. Tor- Torres has been beat up. Like, I mean, listen, he had a whip quick arm and a plus slider as a young player for his draft class. He was an upside bet who has struggled with health and then control. And there's, he couldn't, he couldn't make a major league roster right now. He just, he, he not as a knock on him, but he needs more developmental time. Same with Hankins. Hankins. I've just heard reports of the fastballs, you know, it's got velocity, but it's flat and that, that can be, you know, a bit of a concern. And I, anyone who is pushing them as must adds, you might just want to see if they're pushing them for a reason more than they were a pair of first round picks. Right, exactly. And then the other guys I'd probably bring up too would be Micah Preece. I I would it wouldn't stun me if Micah Preece were picked in the rule five draft if less left unprotected. I'll just say that. I think I maybe I'm the high man on Micah Preece, but it wouldn't stun me. And then Gabriel Rodriguez, I would yeah. say is like a non zero chance as well because he got a ton of international signing money like we talked about. He's currently recovering from surgery, so he's a possible stash that way and there's a lot of intriguing power in defense at third base so and uh, i think you know the other guys who have been named jonathan rodriguez had a great year but i don't think it's quite enough yeah. Al, uh, alex fry planez is a guy whose name has come up you know i believe he was eligible last year as well it's just it, it's i'm not saying it's not there ever going to be there but it's not there yet for him mm-hmm. um yeah, those are the like those are the names that have kind of caught. Adam Scott was a guy we talked about a year ago, but another one of those same with Peyton Beatonfield, where it's like they just didn't have the year, like they needed the year to put them at that next step, and they didn't get that year. Um, and, I was really hoping for Battenfield. I was really yeah. on that train. I really a year ago I was with you. I think he was a must add a year ago, yeah, and now it's, it's with the moves they made to add Curry and. and Gaddis, they told you what their what yeah. their pecking order is, and it's unfortunate. I like Battenfield. I'm rooting for the guy for sure, but uh, yeah, I, I just yeah, my I think my biggest swing and miss though is is Robert Broom. Like if I'm the one, like a year ago, I thought he'd be the guy, and this year I thought he had a chance. Maybe he could revive it, but we're still looking for that player to cement the greatest tenth round pick in, in uh, Cleveland baseball history. You just want to sweep I, that one under the rug, don't you? I, I wish I need to get a broom and sweep it away. But sometimes they work out. Sometimes you get them right. Sometimes you get them wrong. Um, I'm hoping this will be like Kyle Nelson and he'll move on to a new home and rediscover the magic that made me like him. So I can be, hey, I liked him win. But if he doesn't, it yeah. happens. Let's but just yeah, finish and say that nine days is a ridiculously short amount of time to do this. It's because. Stupid. Listen, we've already talked about it, but we we think that um, I just had my brain shut down. The former outfielder, who's now a left-handed pitcher, who I am, who needed Tommy John, who's in his thirties. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ghost is. Listen, they're not going to sign him because that's a spot you have one spot going away with Hedges. That becomes Martinez, Maley, possibly Miller, possibly Benson. Some of these guys could be Palacios. Um, yes, uh, Palacios, McCarty. Uh, I, we think Cantillo will be added. We think he has to be added, and we think he will be added. After that, it's going to be interesting to see if any of these relievers make it. We neither of us think they're going to add five, but uh, three max, three, yes. three max for sure. And I don't think they'll be taking anyone. Uh, Trevor Steffen is the greatest Rule Five pick in franchise history. They just don't have any space. Can't I've be been Jeff. Uh, I was going to do the old thing. I was like, I'm Jeff Ellis, uh, but we're we're a team now. We are both co-hosts, Jeff. Uh, 
I'm not going to talk in third person either. This is turning into a poop show at the end. Uh, listen, it's Jeff and Justin, and we're going to end this the way I've ended every show since they've done this switch. And before we hit 40 minutes, go, go, Guardians.